everyone. Welcome to Dr. MC's Self-Care Cabaret Podcast. I'm Teresa Melito-Connors, a doctoral-level educational administrator and mental health practitioner focused on helping you, our world's helpers. As you may have already realized by now is we're mixing it up. We've had three episodes already, and the next couple are also going to be bite-sized pods in a break from our usual format. And what a bite-sized pod is, is me, Dr. MC, chatting with you about a particular topic. Unlike our interview-style episodes, bite-sized pods drop weekly on Wednesdays. They may be on the shorter side, but with a new school year upon us, shorter may be just what the doctor ordered. We've already discussed beating the Sunday scaries or a new school year, new school year who dis, setting yourself up for success, and the emotional reclaiming space last week where I shared some pieces of my eating disorder healing journey that I had not previously discussed. So today we're going to shift gears yet again and discuss some mental health advice. And I want to remind folks that true self-care is health care. And when it's practiced in a foundational way, the way we talk about here at the Self-Care Cabaret, it is preventative and protective against the onset of mental health challenges. You know by now that we're not talking about mani-pedis and bubble baths and expensive spa days and soaps. (laughs) What we're talking about is that foundational self-care where you really get into the nitty-gritty across 10 domains of who you are and how you can show up in the world as the best you possible. And I also want to stress that there is no shame in needing medication or therapy, or asking for help. We are building a community of care here at the Self-Care Cabaret, and I love to share tips to help folks find their spotlight and live their best life. Life is too short to be stressed out and unhappy. So with that being said, this episode, a little bit different, I asked my growing social media following, what is the best mental health advice you've ever received? And I got some fantastic answers, so fantastic, in fact, that I thought it would make a great bite-sized pod. So here we go. First, I heard the reminder that I love that thoughts create feelings. This is so true and very powerful. Your thoughts have a dramatic impact on your outlook and how you show up in the world and your well-being. If you are a negative person, that will just chip away at you and your happiness and erode even your most precious relationships as resentment will grow and that unhappiness will just take hold. Have you ever met anyone who's just like super negative and they're just in their own little shame spiral and can never really seem to get out of their own way and they just, they almost like feed off of it? They're actually attracting that reality for themselves. This is where we start to get into a little bit with the laws of attraction and like attracts like. This is why I love my favorite mindfulness practice, what went well, because it forces you to shift that mindset and stop dwelling on the negative, which is where we tend to go, tends to be a little easier to go to the negative. So I love this first tip that thoughts create feelings. And this doesn't mean that, you know, we squash our feelings down and we don't feel them. Of course we do. But we understand that they don't have control of us and we can choose how we want to feel. We can choose to be happy or choose joy or just choose to be okay. 
This is where gratitude can also be a great practice, helping us rewire those neural pathways by focusing on all that we have to be grateful for. The next piece of advice I got was, you are worth it. Yes, so true again, but yet so hard for us to believe. Again, this goes back to what we were just talking about. We're quick to think the opposite, to feel unworthy and that our, you know, our feelings are not worthy and we're just not enough with our efforts and, and all of that. So if this is something you need a reminder for, I encourage you to maybe adopt the affirmation, I am worthy or I am enough. Try repeating it to yourself. Maybe write it out on a piece of paper or a sticky note, stick it on your bathroom mirror or your refrigerator or somewhere else where you're going to see it. Maybe on your desk, on your computer screen, set it as a reminder on your phone, maybe the image. So you're reminding yourself and constantly reminding yourself, I am worthy. See how that feels. The next piece of advice, and I love this one, is it's okay to give yourself a break from everyone and everything. Oh, I'm going to repeat that again. It is okay to give yourself a break from everyone and everything. It is more than okay, I say. It's actually necessary. You have to protect your energy. And sometimes that means completely unplugging. And if that feels like too lofty of a goal for you, maybe you can start by giving yourself mini breaks. Maybe you can unplug from your phone or social media or checking your email or even watching TV for like an hour. The way society is now, it's so fast paced and immediate. It's really toxic to our nervous system. So we have to work hard to find those moments of stillness and calm. They can be so beneficial for your nervous system. We run around in this whole grind culture, hustle culture, not helping us. We have to take time and make the time to unplug. Awesome. And this next one, perfectionism is a trap. It gets you stuck, nowhere, never happy, and things start piling up. Oh, so true. Although perfectionism is a common personality trait, it can be quite toxic to your mental health as you never feel happy with your accomplishments. It's kind of one thing right after the other and just this constant pursuit of perfection. When you become fixated on achieving perfection, whether in everything or only in specific tasks, you can cross that line into perfectionism where it becomes toxic. The relentless need to do everything perfectly may seem admirable on the outside, but it creates a host of problems for the perfectionists and those around them. Ultimately, this can harm your mental health and even lead to more anxiety and depression. In my work, as you've done any workshops with me on trauma-sensitive classrooms, we talk about how perfectionism can actually be a trauma response. So if you have any type of trauma history, it may be worth exploring your perfectionist tendencies through the lens of trauma recovery. Here's just a few signs of unhealthy perfectionism. You're constantly doubting yourself. What you achieved determines how you feel about yourself. You avoid things you think you're not good at. You frequently compare yourself to others. Others often fail to live up to your standards. And you worry what others will think you're a failure. 
Admittedly, this is something I struggle with from time to time. I do have a history of childhood trauma that I've worked very hard at healing from, but those perfectionist tendencies still show up from time to time. And some ways to work on this are embracing your mistakes, we guess is where we get into that growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, practice self-compassion, set realistic goals, ask for help, and stop comparing yourself to others. Okay, our next mental health tip for a therapist to get a therapist, essentially the healer to get a healer. 100% on this. It really doesn't need much more explanation. I am actually a firm believer that everyone could benefit from therapy. Having someone to talk with and share what's going on, get feedback, run scenarios, and just feel supported is wildly powerful. This is really good for our relationship domain of self-care, one of our 10. Another tip is that feeling depressed after a period of not does not mean you are back at square one. Nope, not at all. Don't be afraid to start again. This time you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. I think that's a quote. I'm not sure who it's attributed to off the top of my head, but that's what that reminds me of. So if you find yourself, you know, in a cycle and you're feeling depressed and maybe you weren't for a while, doesn't mean you're back to square one. You can pick yourself up, start again and move forward. And our next tip is healing is not linear. Oof, that is that is so true. And everyone's journey is different. You ever seen that like meme where it shows you the healing journey and, you know, we think it's a straight line or an ascending uh, straight line. And really, it's just like this kind of scribbled, knotted up mess. Yeah, that's that's healing. And remember, it's never too late to start and trust the process and enjoy the journey. You are worth it. You are enough. And this next tip plays right into our self-compassion domain of self-care, where we really need to treat ourselves as we would a loved one or a friend. The things we say about ourselves to ourselves, to others, is just not something usually we would do or say about someone we cared about or a friend or a loved one. We tend to just be so hard on ourselves. So this is where Again, your self-compassion work can be really helpful. Kindly acknowledging your challenges and setbacks, but don't beat yourself up about them. Our next tip, a bad day does not mean a bad life. Yes, we all have bad days. And again, we strive for self-compassion. Failure and challenge and setbacks are part of what makes us human. And guess what? You're human, but so isn't everyone else. So we can kindly acknowledge our challenges and our setbacks. We can, you know, feel our feelings and all that. But that doesn't mean that every day is going to be negative or a bad life. One bad day is just that a bad day. And some days will be better than others. This next one is to spend some time outside. The power of nature should not be overlooked. This does not mean you have to go hiking Mount Kilimanjaro or doing something extreme. Just spending a few moments sitting outside or even sitting in your car with your window open, breathing in the fresh air can do wonders for you. Personally, I love to take 
deep breaths outside or head down to the beach. We're lucky enough to live near the water here and watching the water and ideally when it's calm and there aren't a ton of people at the beach, so restorative and I just love doing that. I keep saying to my husband earlier this calendar year for my 40th birthday, we visited a place and we had this unbelievable view. It was really the best thing about the trip. And I choose to focus on that. Our bed just kind of overlooked this giant slider that just went right at like ocean view. And it just went on for Ever. And we slept with the sliders open and heard the ocean all night. And it was just incredible. Loved it. This next tip is one of my favorites and something that I attribute some of my self-care success to is making sleep a priority. I'm so glad someone said this as their best mental health advice because this is often overlooked. And the quality of your sleep is just as important as the quantity. And as adults, you need seven to nine hours of sleep per night, per night, not the accumulative total of a couple of nights. You're an adult. That's what you need. End of story. (laughs) I know for myself, if I don't get enough sleep, I am not a happy person. Nobody wants to be around me. But So because I know that about myself, I make sure that I never sacrifice sleep, even when things have been, you know, super chaotic during the doctoral program, during my master's, planning a wedding, whatever life events have come up, I never sacrifice sleep. So very important. And I hope you don't sacrifice sleep as well. And some things that can, you know, help us get good quality sleep if you have trouble falling asleep, maybe journaling before bed, write down your gratitude list, or even this is a great time to practice your what went well. I also recommend basic breathing exercises or even some gentle stretches. And the smell of lavender can be really powerful for folks. So maybe um, essential oil spray, a diffuser, or some other way to get that scent into the bedroom. And lastly, if you're still struggling, I do recommend a weighted blanket. You want to aim for like 8 to 10% of your body weight. The idea here is that you're kind of wrapped in a hug. And that light therapeutic touch, that gentle pressure can really help you lower your cortisol levels and just your other stress hormones and just get better sleep, better quality sleep. Excellent. And last, but certainly not least, a follower submitted this. My therapist once told me that emotions are messages from your soul, which helped this person embrace their emotions instead of trying to hide them. I thought that was just so beautiful. This really gets into connecting with your body and listening to the messages it is trying to tell you. And I love the idea of emotions being messages from the soul. Beautiful. It's important. We tend to be very disconnected from our physical body. So let's tune back in. 
So I'd love to hear if you have additional mental health advice that you've received or heard or read and loved and you want want me to add it to this list, you know where to find me. So please reach out. And thank you so much for listening. I hope you're feeling more energized and empowered. If you like what you heard here today, subscribe and leave a review for this podcast on your preferred platform. And follow along on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. MC's Self Care and Dr. MC's Self Care Cabaret on LinkedIn. You can also visit my website, Dr. MC's selfcare.com for the latest updates and to sign up for Cast Party, my e-newsletter. And if you're interested in having Dr. MC presented an audience near you, email info at drmcselfcare.com. Thanks again. Stay well and do good. Did you hear the news about our exciting new offering from the Self-Care Cabaret? We're calling it Talkback. If you're familiar with the theater space, you may have participated in a Talkback before. After a performance, the cast and crew will come back on stage to chat with the audience and answer questions. Think of it as a casual, guided discussion. Inspired by this and by popular interest, we've come up with a Talkback for the Self-Care Cabaret podcast. Groups will listen to a podcast episode or two of their choosing. Then I'll come and lead your discussion, either in person or virtually, of those episodes, expanding on the big ideas. It's a great option for groups looking for short, impactful professional development or smaller teams looking to get an introduction to self-care and well-being. We have done a few of these so far, and let me say, they have been so much fun. So if you're interested in bringing a talk back to your group or organization, email podcast at drmcselfcare.com.